Welcome to the New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith, sexuality, and relationships. The goal? goal? To provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya here, and welcome to the New Man Podcast. Uh, This is my second time doing this as an Instagram Live. And last week, uh, you may recall, I ran into all kinds of technical difficulties. I was not having a good day, but I'm back in my office here today, and it feels a lot better. I'm not going to lie. So great to be with you guys here. If you're listening to the recording of this afterwards, you can follow me on uh, Instagram, and I'm going to be going live every Thursday afternoon, just about every Thursday afternoon around the same time. So I would love to hang out with you guys. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm just going to dive right into my content today. I'm talking about something really simple, and it is how to get the right help. So here's the deal. You know, uh, I'm talking about a really taboo, personal, private subject. We're talking about porn addiction and people's internal struggles with porn. Uh, this is not like um, trying to sell people on food or a TV show or even a product that's going to you know, grow their business or something. We're talking about a really personal matter that most people don't want to talk about. And if they do want to talk about it, they want to talk about it in the least amount of detail possible. So it's already quite taboo to begin with. Uh, but that being said, uh, the people who come to me and the people I work with have reached that point where they've been able to at least stretch themselves a little bit beyond some of the initial shame, some of the initial secrecy, and reach out and get some help. Um, usually what kind of separates people from making that step is they don't know where and they don't know how. And so I thought it'd be fun today to talk just a little bit about some of the practical things you can do if you're looking to get some professional help. Some of the things that I guess not only things you can do, but some things to look for in a program or a therapist or anything like that. Now, to give you a little bit of background, I struggled with porn addiction for about 15 years. So it wasn't that I was hopelessly addicted the whole time. It started out very innocently as uh, I think I was 11 years old. It happened in the computer lab of my Christian school. So very innocent environment, and yet I still got exposed. And it sort of began this uh, downward spiral. It was very gradual in high school. My viewing was a bit more frequent. It was kind of socially acceptable, at least a little bit. And that partially encouraged me to, I would just say, stay in it. And then in university, uh, you know, a really taxing schedule. I was a very hard worker. I really strived to get good grades and achieve well. And that ultimately led to porn being my outlet. It was my vice. It was the thing that helped me take the edge off. And it was the thing that I could look forward to at the end of a long day at university. And that's when I would say I really fell into um, an addiction or some sort of really severe or high distress compulsion, as they call it in a more clinical environment. So uh, porn addiction hasn't been diagnosed yet or hasn't been acknowledged as a diagnosis in the DSM-5. I did a podcast episode about that recently. Actually, you can go check it out if you'd like. Uh, It's quite interesting. But all to say, that was my journey And for most of those 15 years that I struggled, I did not reach out for help. I I made the rookie mistake of trying to do it alone, feeling like I could tough it out or that I could figure it out by myself. And then I would tell everybody once I got free and it really delayed my progress. So probably at about year 12 of my struggle, that's when I finally reached out and got some help. So I did um, I did a, a school of ministry. Uh, I call it like ministry school. Uh, there was a huge emphasis there on healing of the heart. And I got a lot of breakthrough, just recovering from wounds of the past, 
learning to love myself, and I would say getting in touch with my inner world, which was something I had neglected my entire life. I was very rational, very left brain, and I just felt like I could handle everything there. I didn't need to deal with emotions, feelings, all that kind of stuff. And that school really helped me get exposed and in touch with my inner life in a really healthy and I would say a really comfortable way. So that was sort of the beginning of the journey for me. Uh, but along the way, I did two other things that were really helpful. Um, I went and saw a professional therapist and I cannot recommend professional therapy enough. I think it's one of the best things anybody can do. It doesn't matter what season, what stage of life. It doesn't matter if things are good or if things are bad. Having a therapist in your life goes a really long way. It's still part of my regular practice. I don't see a therapist quite as regularly anymore, um, but usually at least I would say nine to 12 times a year, I'm in the office of a therapist. I'm getting some, some help in some area where maybe there's things flaring up in my relationship or just my, my own sense of self or whatever it might be. So uh, professional therapy went a long way. And the last thing I did is inner healing. And inner healing is kind of like um, a mixture of, I would say, psychological principles with spiritual applications. So it's prayer ministry. Um, it's people who are maybe a little bit more trained in hearing from God and helping you bring God into areas where you might have wounding in your heart uh, from, you know, offenses, uh, people that uh, hurt you one way or another, that kind of a thing. So those are some of the services I engaged in. And I'm just mentioning that to give just a little bit of context here, a little bit of an idea of what that might actually look like um, if you were to actually reach out and get some help. Now, at the time when I struggled, there were not a lot of programs out there. Um, there were things like uh, Covenant Eyes, Triple uh, X Church had like an internet filter accountability sort of system, very similar to Covenant Eyes. Those kinds of things were out there, but there weren't programs where you could, you know, uh, get some coaching, get some guidance, be part of a community of guys who are actually talking about these issues. And so I, I really struggled with that. I, I longed for it and yet I could not find anything. And I purposed in my heart that, you know, one day I was going to fix that problem. And that's why I do what I do today. That's why Deep Clean exists. So where I'll start today, as far as just some practical things you can really think about, if, you know, you want to get some help, you're, you're at that point where you know that you need some intervention and you can't figure this thing out on your own. Uh, for starters, kudos to you for making that decision and for reaching that point. But let's talk about a couple things to consider. So number one, uh, a practitioner versus a program. Okay, practitioner versus program. So a practitioner would be seeing a psychiatrist, uh, a clinical psychologist, a psychotherapist, a psychometrist, a social worker, a general counselor. There's lots of different uh, you know, facets to it, but generally you're seeing somebody who works in a one-on-one -on -one capacity, somebody who is gonna uh, sit with you and, and work with you, and you know they'll have some areas where they probably specialize in, and they'll charge you hourly. So this is, um, this is I would say, the most common route and it is probably the best governed or the best regulated group. So to be a clinical psychologist in my, uh, in my area, at least you have to be a part of a governing body. Uh, it's the, I don't know, the, it's the body of psychologists of Ontario or something to that effect. Clinical Psychologists Association of Ontario. I believe that's what it's called. And uh, you have, you pay into a membership and they obviously make sure that everything you're doing is above board. Um, so when you go with a practitioner, generally speaking, you do have to kind of verify this, but usually they are regulated um, and they're going to be uh, monitored by the government or somebody that's going to make sure they're not doing any funny business. And that's a really, really good thing. It's why personally I love um, you know, visiting therapists and stuff like that. I have that confidence that in addition to their education, which is usually at least a master's level, 
they're also regulated. So you just know that they're going to be good about their work. And that's actually really important when we're talking about uh, matters of sexuality, because it's close to the heart, it's personal, and you really want to make sure that you're getting somebody who is uh, who's regulated, educated, qualified, and all the like. So I think it's a great avenue and a great route. The other option is a program. So programs are not as regulated necessarily. Anybody can start a program, um, anybody with any kind of education or lack thereof, um, and somebody who can just claim to be an expert but really not actually know what they're doing or not know what they're talking about can start a program. So that's sort of the downside of the program. Uh, The upside of it is number one, a program is focused, so it's specialized. Uh, You know, if you need work on your teeth, you don't go to your doctor. You don't go to your general practitioner, even though they can handle a little bit of everything, teeth included, you're going to go to your dentist because they're specialized and they're focused in that area. And similarly, uh, working with the program has that specialty, it has that focus, and you're going to get somebody whose energy and resources are invested solely in this issue. Whereas if you go to maybe a practitioner, they might dabble in this area, they might have some experience in this area, but they're not necessarily channeling all of their resources. Now, the real advantage of a program is that you actually just get a systematic process, a systematic approach. And generally, uh, for a system to actually work, it has to be tested against people. So this, this isn't just textbook theory. These aren't just some good pie-in-the-sky ideas. This is actually proven. You, you've had people go through a program and you know it works. And usually by the time people are unveiling their systems and their programs, it's because they've done some testing. Maybe they've even done one-on-one work first and they verified it and then they put it into a program so they could help more people. So that is the advantage. Now, whether you're looking at a practitioner or a program, uh, there's a couple things that I would suggest you consider. So number one, are they educated? Do they have any kind of training? So like I said, somebody who's a practice, uh, practicing as a therapist or a clinical psychologist or a psychiatrist, They've gone through their training, uh, but it's still worth looking up. Where did they study? Uh, Do they have a master's level, bachelor's level? Uh, Worth looking up. Now, if somebody's doing a program, you may not be looking for uh, the same level of education, but what you're looking for then if they don't have the education is do they have the experience? Have they gone through it themselves? Do they understand what it's like to have these struggles? And then, of course, to make it through them successfully. Those are the things that you want to kind of evaluate or verify in your people that you're that you're vetting, whether it's the program or the practitioner, but especially the program, it's okay if they don't have the same level of education, but they should have something that certifies them, some sort of training, and then they should have an experience that is gonna kind of validate what they're doing as well. So that would be the place to start. Number one, their education and their training. Number two, do they have a track record? So again, um, and if, if they don't have a track record but they're upfront with it, upfront with it, that is actually okay as well. But um, there, that should be part of your conversation and part of vetting. Do they do they leave a trail behind of people who are getting free, people who are experiencing some breakthroughs and getting some results, or is it kind of hard to tell? Like there's no uh, there's no indicators of of some success or some kind of breakthrough with their clients. You want to look through that, and if you're on kind of a strategy call, or um, you know you're just getting to know them, kind of that initial uh, discovery call, ask them what's your track record. Uh, can you give me an idea of what people can expect when they work with you? It's a really really important thing. Um, I touched on this already, but I'll just say that um, in my personal uh, opinion, experience trumps education. So both are very important, but I'm going to trust somebody who has the experience getting free of porn first 
before I trust somebody who has the education because education is theoretical and some of it's gonna translate into a real life context and some of it isn't. But somebody who has the experience doing it, that is what you're really looking for and if they have personal experience where they've struggled and then they hurdled the challenge, it is all the more reason to trust them and to at least give them the benefit of the doubt um, to, to at least you know see them through to another step. So that's what I would say is if they have the personal experience, I think that's gonna go a really, really long way. Um, one last thing, okay, and, and actually two last things that you can consider when you're looking at either a practitioner or a program to help you get free, to help you get free of pornography, to turn your life around, to restore intimacy in your meaningful relationships, grow in your integrity, grow in your confidence, get your mind or get your brain rewired, all that good stuff. The last thing you want to consider is, do I trust this person? So if they have good education and they have a track record, they have some experience to back it up, all of that is well and good, but at the end of the day, the question is, do you trust them? Do you trust them? Are you going to be willing to do whatever it is they tell you to do? Because a good uh, clinician or a good coach, they are going to have practical, actionable steps that you must take to get the result you want. And if you don't trust them, or you're not totally sure about them, then you're probably not gonna do the work and you're not gonna get the results you want. And that is a bad outcome for you and for your practitioner or for your coach or whoever it might be. So for starters, uh, not for starters rather, but you know, uh, after you've evaluated their, their educational background, their experience, some of those other details, their track record, then you wanna ask, do I actually trust them? Would I be willing to do everything that they tell me? And if you can't answer that with a resounding yes, then I would keep looking or I would keep having dialogue with them until you do reach that place. Listen to their podcasts, check out their newsletters, look on their website, social media, whatever it might be, vet these guys and really make sure that you trust them because when you invest, when you get in, you want to be committed to it. One of the common things that I hear guys saying when I ask them, okay, what are some of the other things you've done? They'll say, yeah, you know, I tried an accountability group, I tried an internet filter, um, I tried you know XYZ, and usually when it comes to programs or where they've worked with a therapist, I ask them, why didn't it work? How come it didn't solve the problem completely? And even just yesterday, I was on the phone with a guy who said, I didn't commit. I didn't commit, I, I didn't fully trust it or it didn't cost me enough to really uh, cause me to invest and to give it my all. Um, at the end of the day, I just didn't commit. And the number one reason is because they didn't have that trust. They didn't believe that you know if they really did it, they were actually gonna get the results. So make sure that you have at least enough trust. Again, you're not gonna be able to know with 100% shadow of a doubt um, before you commit, but you should have a clear, confident trust in your heart that this person is gonna help you get free of porn. So to summarize, there are two different kinds of avenues you can consider when getting free of pornography. I do not recommend just using tools alone like an internet filter or an accountability partner. That's gonna bring short-term results and we don't want that. We want something that's gonna be long-lasting. What I recommend is to consider a program or a practitioner, or hey, you can even do both. One of my clients, he just wrapped up my program, but while he's been doing my program, he's also been seeing a, a, psycho a psychologist or a therapist, I forget exactly, uh, but he's been seeing somebody professional uh, to help him alongside in that avenue. So working uh, practically in a one-on-one -on -one environment and then doing my program as well. So there's room for both. 
when you decide, when you make your decision, whether you're going to do one or the other, or you're going to do both, you then want to vet, I would say four criteria. I kind of framed it as three earlier, but to be more accurate, it's four. Number one, what is their training? Do they have some training? Number two, what is their track record? What, what have they been able to produce in their previous clients? There should be some indicators of success. Number three, do they have a personal experience? Because remember, if they have a personal experience, they're going to be able to empathize with you, they're going to be able to relate with you, and they're going to be able to guide you through the specific issues that come up in what is a very specialized area. And that leads me to number four, do you trust them? And of course, all of these things are going to contribute to trust, but it's possible that they might have a couple of these things and in your heart of hearts, you're still not fully sure. That's totally okay. Keep looking or like I said, continue that conversation until you reach that place where you are going to be willing to do everything they tell you to do. That's how you'll know you really trust them. Don't waste your time dabbling in programs. Just find something you can really commit to and do it with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I know for me in my personal experience, when I dabbled with solutions trying to get pre or porn, my results were limited. They lasted me a couple weeks, maybe a couple months if I was lucky, but when I really wholeheartedly invested myself into programs and I said, okay, whatever they tell me to do or whatever the program requires, I'm in, I'm committing to it, that's when I got the best results and I've been free for five and a half years now. So uh, I want to encourage you, um, if you are in that place where you're ready to make a step, do it today. Start seeing what's out there. Uh, you can check out my website and actually we talk a lot about other platforms out there as well. Uh, some of my personal favorites are Secret Habit, Husband Material Men, and Jay Strainer's The Journey Course. You can check those out. Those are some great ways to get started for programs. Uh, if you want a therapist, Psychology Today is a great place to start. Psychology Today, uh, and you can you can kind of filter uh, the areas where they focus. You can even find somebody who's local if you want to meet in person. Lots of different avenues and options that way, but that would be my recommendation to get started. And if you're not in that place where you actually are ready to commit, but you kind of just want to see what else is out there, then start. Just start doing some research. Listen to some podcasts. Um, podcasts are a great way for you to get the vibe of a person. You're going to know pretty quickly um, is this somebody I can connect with? Is this somebody that I trust? And does this person know what they're talking about? And if they do, then then keep listening, keep engaging with their content. And then maybe you can see down the road if they're going to have something worthwhile that you would actually strongly consider. So thank you so much for listening today. Uh, if you haven't met me before, my name is Sathya Sam. I'm the host of the New Man Podcast, a recovered porn addict. I struggled for 15 years. And like I mentioned, I've been free for five and a half years now. I help people through my system called Deep Clean, and you can find out more about that through my website, sathiasam.com or getadeepclean.com. Either way, thank you so much for listening. And if you are looking for more content, uh, we have the podcast here, the New Man Podcast. You can subscribe on any major platforms. And we also have the New Man Report, which is a weekly newsletter where we deliver uh, the most, uh, I would say the latest research findings, the latest tips, insights for the recovery journey. We just try to load you up with as much practical tools and information as possible. And we want to give you the specific information that's going to be useful for the journey along the way. This journey is not easy, but it is simple. If you find the things that you can really focus on and hunker down on, you're going to see incredible results. And with the right team around you, with the right coach, uh, the right community, uh, that difficult journey becomes a lot easier as well. So thanks so much for listening. I wish you all the best. And I'm cheering you on wherever you are, whatever stage of the, of the recovery journey you're in. I'm in your corner here cheering you on. Have an amazing day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at Sam. Thanks again and see you next time.